You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock at BD Peacock, Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL. Joining us once again, one of my favorite times of the week, Chris Raybon of the Action Network. We're usually making a six-pack of bets. Chris, I'm interested to know uh, what you got in store for us this week. If we're doing a six-pack, we're doing a, a three-pack, or we're doing a 12-pack. Let's just bet every bet there is to bet props and overs and unders and sides with these AFC and NFC championship games, which look like they're going to be pretty good. Chris, uh, thanks for joining us once again. This is going to be a fun weekend, I think. Always a pleasure, guys. And uh, yeah, this week, Stucky somewhere with a three-pack. So uh, we'll just do a three-pack here. There's only uh, four games. But uh, we have our own little contest on the podcast. And uh, last year, I was up big heading into the the championship round. So I gave him like a, you know, if he got, if he swept, uh, he could essentially pull close to even with me heading into the Super Bowl. Um, so this year, I'm down to him. Uh, made up some ground last week by sweeping mine. He went uh, one and two. So uh, it's going to be just my three picks. Um, he hasn't bet anything yet. So he kind of on the podcast, he just kind of gives the, you know, the pros and cons of each of my picks. But in my three picks, the pressure's on. Wow. Uh, if I if I get these three, then uh, I'm within one uh, of him for the for the Super Bowl. And that should be uh, that should be fun. Chris, one quick question before we dig into these games. How heavy do you guys get into Super Bowl bets? I mean, do you get into length of the national anthem, color of game, coin flip, all the nonsense, or do you guys just hit the usual stuff? Personally, I am hitting a ton of props. I love betting, um, kind of challenging myself. I try to bet almost every um, player prop in terms of like the yardage wow. and you yeah, know, yeah. not the, not the touchdowns, but yardage. Then I'll do some first touchdown, but yeah, we do, uh, for the Anthem, it gets pretty serious. Uh, <laughs> uh we, our guy, Darren Ravel, you know, had some inside info one year he was at the stadium and he wouldn't even tell us. And, uh, we, we like research, whatever singer, we look back at all their other Anthem performances and time them and, you know, kind of find <laughs> the median and, and, uh, try to find value on the line. So it gets pretty serious with, uh, with the, with some of those, uh, you know, exotic props. And by the way, that is the Action Network NFL betting podcast that you can find Chris and his co-host Stucky, and uh, they make those picks. And I'm sure that's a fun back and forth with you guys going at it all season long. We don't ever get a chance to to talk with Stucky, but I think you do a pretty good job because you could throw him under the bus anytime you want here on our podcast, and you never do. So it sounds like a good relationship you guys have. <laughs> Oh, no, it's, uh, you know, he keeps me sharp. I keep him sharp. As I said, you know, last year I uh, had the lead going into the championship weekend. This year he has the lead. And uh, I know he was sweating it because last year I kind of came from behind, you know, over the last quarter of the season or so. So uh, trying to do the same here and uh, hopefully we get some winning picks. By the way, I know you're in New York. Are you a Jets fan, Giants fan, a transplant? I am a fan of whatever team I'm betting, okay. but <laughs> no, I, I am a Giants fan. Uh, grew up a Giants fan. Uh, grew up when the, you know, the Jets were just awful. I mean, it was the Rich Kotite era was the, really the first Jets I, I remember, 95 and 96. So uh, Giants fan, lucked out with uh, a couple of Super Bowls with Eli Manning. Can't complain. It's been a decade, though, so... Uh, you know, hopefully we get back sometime soon, but, uh, it's when like betting just 
there's a sweat every week, you know, it kind of replicates that to some degree. I hate to say it, but um, you know, it, it feels like you're a fan of different teams every week. And it's, some people might say, ah, oh, that, that sucks, but I, I love it. But you're a little young for Parcells and LT and Phil Sims in that era. Yeah. So that was, I was probably like five years old. I did start watching football when I was like two or three years old. Uh, if you go to my action network uh, bio, you know, under when you click my name on, uh, on any article I've written, um, usually there's a link to my personal story. And I talk, I have a picture in there of, it's like me as like a two-year-old with football on in the background. So uh, I wow. do remember it, but uh, I think the first Super Bowl that I watched, I think it was Doug Williams uh, in, in, in Washington. I forget who they were playing, but I, that was the first one I watched. Okay. Yeah, the, my, my son is two and a half years old right now, and, and he's all about it. He, he wants to see the football game on TV. He, he runs and jumps onto the couch and yells touchdown, and some of the things he comes up with I didn't realize he was picking up as I was watching football every week, and I watch so much football, it has to rub, on, rub off on him a little bit, so it's, it's pretty amazing to watch. We'll see I, was a, I was a monster truck kid, so I, like, <laughs> the only thing I, I – you know, I, I was like – football baseball but before that all i remember is like monster trucks and like going to madison square garden and seeing these big monster trucks roll over these like like a lot of like 20 cars at a time so uh, that's what i was doing as, as a kid oh dude i remember i loved the monster trucks too grave digger and what bigfoot was oh yeah. yeah bigfoot yeah there, yeah. You go. there you go there you go my son's 14 and he was the same way and every sunday he said he's been sitting watching with football with me since he was like two-ish but it's amazing how, if your son keeps up, how much he'll actually learn. Like when I was my son's age, I'd like, I, I had Mel Kuyper's book and I knew it cover to cover or Street and Smith's Guide. But oh, yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. But he goes on YouTube and studies Devontae Adams' releases off the line of scrimmage. You know, he knows like every helmet in the league. Like it'll amaze you how much more he'll know as a 14 year old than you knew as a 14 year old. Hey, Matt, you'll like this one. So, you know, it's the pandemic. It's not really much to do. So I've kind of taken to collecting, you know, items from my childhood. Okay. So I I just ordered uh, the Athlon Sports Pro Football uh, Almanac from like 92 to 98, the Wendy's, the Street wow. Smiths. Yeah. Uh, you know, anything I could find on eBay from the, from the mid 90s. Uh, Are those I just, things collectible uh, now? I mean, they're, you know, like somewhat, like, maybe like 10, 15 bucks. Like the resale value isn't, isn't crazy, but uh, I, I enjoy, I'm, I'm not a big collector. I'm kind of minimalist. So uh, kind of enjoying getting into uh, some of those vintage items from, uh, from my past. I think I still have all my Kuiper blue books, which would be <laughs> fun to go back and read Jeff George's profile and stuff like that. I think, I think my attic has all that stuff. That's awesome. Up, yeah. When I was moving recently, I found old VHS tapes of like the 2003 Senior Bowl and the 2004 Shrine Game from when I really started getting into like the draft <laughs> and stuff. And I was like just recording games on VHS and rewatching those. And it's like, man, at some point you realize, okay, yeah, yeah. I, I had that sickness. It got inside me and I was like, man, okay, VHS, I was really doing it back in the day. And, uh, it, any way I knew how. And it's funny because um, you mentioned the pandemic thing and, and picking up something new. For me, it was golf. So I've been golfing a ton. I've been watching like golf videos, like how to fix my terrible baseball swing slice. And my son has a little kid's golf set 
He's got the most beautiful golf swing. And I wonder if he's like picked up on lessons or if it's just a natural biomechanic movement for a, a flexible kid, but he's he naturally swings left-handed. He's got this amazing golf swing and, and beautiful follow-through. I'm like, wow, dude, okay, uh, I got to maybe start taking this kid out for some serious lessons because maybe he can make dad some money in, in the future, man. It, it's amazing to see how good his swing looks. Yeah, there you go. Father of the year right there. I'd love know. it, Fans man. Right I, just, the, you know, I like it. I, like I just it. finished the Tiger documentary. It reminds me of that. Yeah. Get him oh. out there swinging. Right. I want to watch that. I got to set him down in front of that, too. No more uh, Sesame Street for... The second half that. of it, you might not want to have him exposed. Oh, okay. The first yeah. half, pretty good for him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Uh, well, let's do let's this. Let's get in these games. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about some bets this weekend. NFC, AFC Championship Games with Chris Raybon next. With the ever-increasing number of makes and car models, it's almost impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and Wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer. You can't even see what's going on on the screen, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are always reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. And they seriously have everything, makes and models that I didn't think they would have anywhere near the amount of parts for. Uh, they have you covered at rockauto.com. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All the lines you are hearing today come from betonline.ag. Bet every angle of the AFC and NFC championship games. Sides, over-unders, props, first half, second half. You can already bet on Super Bowl opponents, NFL draft futures. Any number of ways to make things a little bit more interesting for whatever sporting event you are watching. Get in on the action at BetOnline. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. I mentioned NFL betting, game props, NFL futures, Super Bowl. Bet on the 2022 college football champion. But the NBA is rolling. The NHL season has now begun. Endless opportunities to make some cash at betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code Locked on to receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Chris, what was your first pick? What do you guys like to bet on this weekend? So I, let me start by saying that, you know, we are 20 weeks into the season. So, you know, it's not like a normal 16 game or even that, you know, super wild card weekend. Uh, the market is very efficient. So uh, these, these are a little harder to do, but... Um, I do have, uh, I do like all of the the bets I'm making, and I'll I'll, I'll kind of walk you through them. It, it's it's going to kind of follow, follow a theme here, but starting off with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, plus three and a half against the Packers, and you look at the Bucks, and they're they have enough talent on I think offense to stay with Green Bay. You're not going to stop Aaron Rodgers. That's abundantly clear after he just put up. 500 plus yards of offense against the top defense uh, in the league. But 
last week, uh, the Rams, you know, Jared Goff, who did ha- have a pretty good stat line, but um, the Rams offense still a little limited in what they could do with, without Cooper Cup, with, with Goff, you know, likely not uh, full strength. Tampa Bay, because of their weapons on the outside, they're going to probably force Mike Pettin to continue to play, you know, to, to go back to his dime base defense. And he loves playing a lot of the defensive backs. That's why Green Bay tends to struggle yeah. against the run. Um, but in some of the, the more recent matchups, they haven't had to do that as much. Uh, they've been able to play some more man. I don't think they're going to be able to do that uh, in this matchup. And you have enough weapons as well for uh, Jair Alexander, who's been just spectacular this year. And everyone's talking about Ramsey and you know White and, and all those guys. But Jair Alexander has just been uh, amazing. He's allowing just a uh, just over a 50% catch rate, under five yards per target. Uh, he, he hasn't shadowed since the first half of the season. So if Antonio Brown continues to, to line up on the right side, Alexander will likely get that assignment. It looks like Brown's good to go. Um, but the Bucks. Even if one of even if it's Evans, whether it's it's Brown, they still have weapons to move the ball against this Green Bay defense. And more also promisingly is that their running game started to come on uh, last week against a very good Saints run defense. So uh, that you know, I think you're going to see some 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 room for Fournette, Ronald Jones to to run because Mike Pettin. I think he goes back to that that base uh, dime look on defense. You know, smaller players in there uh, that that sets up well. For, for the Bucks and also Leonard Fournette coming on in the passing game, Green Bay bottom five covering receivers, similar, you know, kind of schematic reasons. But um, that's what that's really what Tampa Bay's edge is here. You know, they had a lot of success against Rodgers in the first matchup. I don't think you throw that completely out, but I hesitate to overweight it as well, um, just because Aaron Rodgers has just been so spectacular since they had the little hiccup against Carolina. Uh, but uh, Tampa Bay does on defense possess the talent to give Rogers some problems. Now, uh, you know, he's been brilliant on play action, but Tampa Bay can get some pressure. They, they'll kind of disguise their blitz looks. They'll place three, four and bring one of the linebackers so they can get pressure with four. They'll they have a lot of talented guys on the all over that defense, but uh, on the back seven. So this, you know, 38, 10, Two pick sixes, doubt it, but Tampa Bay showed that they can match up to this Green Bay team. But I think really it comes down to Tampa Bay on offense. I think that's really where um, you know Tampa Bay is going to be able to stay with Green Bay in a way that the Rams, unfortunately, could not last week. I think Chris Godwin is going to have a big game uh, in the slot against Shannon Sullivan. You said a lot of good stuff there, and I agree with them, a vast majority of it. And I think it will be fascinating you know, Alexander is such a good player. Like you said, he's a top two or three corner, if not number one. I, I bet Brady just doesn't go his way. You know, yeah. I mean, with, with all the options they have, I mean, we know who they are. And really, they go five deep at receiver. If AB pulls up lame, I mean, Miller's a good player. Johnson's a good player. Brate's role has grown. Gronk has become more of a blocker. Fournette's catching more passes, as you mentioned, that if, if they're in dime consistently, which I think is a good way to come out and have your best players on the field if you're Tampa, I bet Brady finds a lot of matchups he likes. Absolutely. And uh, I also do the, the Fantasy Flex podcast in addition to the, the betting podcast uh, with Matthew Friedman and Sean Corner. And we kind of break down the DFS late uh, this time of year. And we took about, I would say, five to seven minutes of the podcast just you know praising Tyler Johnson. I, I think that yeah. guy, he's going to be a stud sooner than later. 
Uh, I think he, he's going to have a big uh, 2021, but they like him. And I wouldn't be surprised if Brown is banged up or they need to spread this this Packer defense out. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Johnson make a play or two. He was actually playing uh, ahead of Miller uh, in both of the postseason games. So I mm-hmm. like that call. The draft community loved Tyler Johnson uh, coming out of, of college, and he was really finally starting to show it. was buried on the depth chart all season long. I think a lot of people on Twitter that I follow that, that loved him as a prospect or sort of now saying, okay, good. I, I can count that as a W finally, because they were worried about how buried he was all season long with the bucks on the depth chart. But I agree with you. 2021 stock up. We'll see if he has a, a role here, which is grown into the playoffs. And it's rare to see, you know, with all the veterans on that team to, to lean on a rookie a little bit in, in big time matchups, but uh, definitely a fantastic player. Uh, what else do you like this weekend? This is more of an off season note, but Shaq Barrett and, Godwin are both up this year. Mm. Maybe they can let Godwin walk because they like Johnson so much. I mean, that'd be hard to do, but he is, you know, set up to step up. And there there will have to be some tough decisions made there, obviously with the with the salary cap. Which, by the way, I've I've seen multiple people say they think it's going to be one eighty. So it's not going to be the basement of one seventy five. They're trying to get it to one eighty. They still could maybe borrow from future years. We'll see. Uh, it's going to be a fascinating offseason, though. Uh, but let's stick with this season. There's still a few games to go. Uh, what else do you guys like this weekend with the AFC and NFC championship games? So going over 51 and a half Bucks Packers and kind of similar for similar reasons as what I just mentioned uh, in liking Tampa Bay. Uh, and you're getting the hook with Tampa Bay, you know, at three and a half. So, um, you know, that that's always great here, you know, to very tight, uh, very tight slate, but also like the over because I do think Tampa Bay is a team that if the Packers get up early, uh, Tampa Bay can come back. They have, they can stress the Packer defense in a way that uh, the Rams and most teams really in the league uh, cannot. And so you look at this, this matchup and it's Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that is n- unlikely to be in an, an under game. Totally different from Breeze versus Brady last week. And I was on the under oh, uh, yeah. in that game. Luckily, it, uh, it it stayed under there at the end. But Breeze, under five yards of air yard, uh, on average air yards per uh, per throw. Aaron Rodgers, he's going to go downfield. Tampa Bay, they 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 probably go back to playing their more quarters coverage this this week they played a lot of press man last week, which was good against Breeze. But uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to get it done uh, re- regardless of the defense, really. And so, and, and on the other side, I, I do think Brady has some some matchup advantages. I think uh, the Bucks will be able to to run the ball, which they haven't always been able to do all season. And on the other side, I think you're going to see a little bit of a faster paced Packer team. I, I don't think they want to get into kind of these this back and forth at the line of scrimmage. I think they want to kind of catch the Bucks off guard a little bit, especially if they're going to be uh, dropping back, maybe get some quick throws underneath as well. But I don't expect quite as many runs from the Packers as usual, which, uh, you know, going against this Tampa Bay defense, they haven't been quite as good against the run the last five, six weeks, but still uh, rank at the top of the league in pretty much every run defense metric. So I don't think they're just going to slam Aaron Jones into a wall. Um, this is a, even a tougher run defense than than the Rams and the Packers did run well there, but I think you're going to see a little faster paced Packers game. I think a little more pass, uh, and that's a good recipe for the the over and the championship round uh, because you're usually getting you know offense you know is more important you know statistically speaking than defense. Championship round you usually have a collection of the best offenses, so uh, 22, 12, and two. 
since the since uh 2002 are the overs in in championship games and uh, even outdoors uh they've hit at a a pretty high rate uh, above 60%. So uh it's small sample size but you generally see the kind of back and forth here in the championship game. In a vacuum, I'm very much expecting an awful lot of points, shootout, maybe last team that has the ball wins type of situation. I just haven't checked the weather lately. I mean, it's in Green Bay, obviously. Uh, it, snow doesn't bother me, but it, do, have you seen any precipitation, wetness, heavy ball, rain, any of that kind of stuff, you know, sleet? So right now it looks like it's just going to be, um, you know, very cold weather. Oh. There, there will be some wind in Green Bay, but, you know, the good thing on one side of the ball, you have Aaron Rodgers, who's, uh, you know, used to playing in that weather. I mean, it was pretty cold last week in, in, in Windy and uh, didn't slow him down. But also a lot of people were, you know, had expressed concerns about Jared Goff last week going into the weather, which I think was a fair, a valid concern. You know, Cowie guy hadn't put, played. In well, yeah, but he 21 to 27. I think he started 19 of 22. Uh, generally acquitted himself well. So 27 degrees, mostly cloudy, 10 mile per hour winds, which is right on the precipice, you know, round double digits when you start to see a little bit of a downtick. But Brady, he's done this before. He's he's throwing the ball deep. This is not like Breeze. Like Brady's been throwing downfield all year. Uh, so uh, I actually think if the Bucks have ran some shorter routes, it might actually help their offense. Bruce Arians doesn't like that, but uh, I don't I don't have any problem with that. I'm looking at a forecast that says there might be a little snow in the morning Sunday in Green Bay, but it's going to be warmer because it's going to be it's into the teens on Friday, but it'll be low 30s Sunday. So snow might actually help keep the temperature yeah. up and it's going into the 20s again after with no snow in the morning. So that actually might be better for some of those involved to have a little snow, including Tom Brady's old uh, old rag of an arm. Although his rag of an arm wasn't as raggy as Drew Brees's last week, that's for sure. Oh, it's not not even close. I mean, Brees essentially throwing the ball on average twice as deep as Brees these oh, days. So, I mean, yeah, it's not it's not even close. A little bit of snow actually could probably help your cause. I think it's yeah. somewhat of a misconception. People are like, "Oh, it's snowy. That's going to be an under game." I think often snow helps take the pass rush. They don't get off the ball nearly as well. And these guys understand how to handle the ball in the elements, the quarterbacks. Um, especially veterans like this. And it's generally true of precipitation as long as it's not accompanied by, you know, winds getting right. up into the, the mid-double digits. So right now it's at 10, which is, you know, it's at bay. It's, you know, that that Buffalo-Baltimore game, which was another game, you know, I like the under, but didn't expect him to play that much of a factor. But that's kind of the downside if you're looking for, you know, Buffalo was passing all over the place and seven, the game was still 17 to three. So uh, that's the downside, but I, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case here. The late game bills at chiefs suspiciously ignored so far in your first two picks. We'll find out who Chris likes in that one coming up. Okay, Chris, your third pick of the weekend bills and chiefs. Who do you like here? What are the angles that motivate you? when it comes to the AFC championship game. Yep. Buffalo bills. And I'm not going to lie. I was somewhat skeptical of betting on the bills, you know, earlier in the week. I generally, when you have a non-divisional uh, rematch from the regular season, the team that won the first matchup uh, wins the rematch in the playoffs, 58.5% of the time since 2002. So I thought Steve Spagnuolo, a great job on Josh Allen in that game, 
uh, and uh, Kansas City kind of switched it up. They ran the ball a lot. But the more I dug into it, I, that's a game where I think you almost have to throw it out. I mean, it was in the middle of kind of some COVID situations, some Tuesday, Wednesday, midweek. Yeah, was everything week. was disrupted. Yep. Bad weather. Buffalo had injuries. Uh, now, Buffalo's pretty much healthy outside of, uh, of, of Zach Moss, which is unfortunate. But look at Kansas City. And Kansas City is in that I like Buffalo even more. Like, I, I love Buffalo as an organization. I think um, they're – like, Josh Allen has earned his spot among these, you know, legendary quarterbacks here. But just start to look at Kansas City and their struggles over the second half of the year. Uh, they've covered just one time since week eight. They are a team that on the first half of the season, number six in pass defense DVOA. In the second half, 29th. And I did an article about this last week, and, and it all still applies. It's up at actionnetwork.com. Uh, you guys can go check it out. It's, a, it's about, you know, why aren't the Chiefs covering? But essentially looked into what are the reasons that the Chiefs are winning games by such small margins and situational football has been a struggle for them. So some people there's kind of this narrative. Maybe they're just a little complacent. They're going to flip a switch. No, they yeah, I, mean, I don't buy that at all. By right. Right. It's that's, hard that's to do in football. They, right. Maybe in hoops or something like that. I, I'll buy it. If it's golden state back in the day or the bulls, maybe, but not in the NFL. Yeah, exactly. And, and but this is a team that won 14 games. So give them their credit, but situational football is costing them. It's creating major point swings. What do I mean by situational football? Uh, I mean, short yardage run game, third and fourth down two or less to go or goal to go situations inside the two Casey 32nd on offense, 32nd on defense, red zone last in the league on defense, Kansas city and their opponents in the regular season had the same amount of red zone touchdowns. That's absurd considering wow, Kansas yeah. City is the best, you know, one best offenses in the league. But they have been awful in the red zone. They are number uh, 32 in DVOA in the red zone. Uh, and, and on the other side, you know, Kansas City's 10th on offense in the red zone. Buffalo's defense is 11th. Uh, and then you also look at uh, third and fourth down. You know, Buffalo is number five Kansas City's number 19 you know there's uh, on the other side you know on offense Kansas City is, is top five offense Buffalo's a top five defense on third and fourth down so all the situational spot and, and this is by this is also the worst average starting field position in the Andy Reid era for the Chiefs this year I mean mm. uh, the punt return team hasn't been good you know outside of this one Hardman return they're averaging under five yards of punt return I mean just every possible edge that could you know swing some points to kansas city's direction beyond just you know winning the game by one possession they've been playing awfully and i don't know if that is going to flip in one game and i didn't see what i needed to see against cleveland i mean kansas city allowed cleveland to go nine of six uh nine of uh excuse me, let me see uh what was it so they went uh nine of 16 on third and fourth down including three of three on fourth uh converted every trip in the red zone uh you know kansas city questionable play calling on uh short yardage on offense i mean just this is a team that is they're extremely talented well coached but they're not playing well situationally and it, i think it's more of a coin flip for them to win this game uh more or less 
win it by four or more, which is what you would need for them to, to cover the spread here. So, and I also think this Buffalo offense can give them some problems because uh, Juan Thornhill, who played really well last year, hasn't been playing as well. So they've been playing uh, Honey Badger. Uh, more snaps at free safety. Now, last week they brought him up to the line of scrimmage a little more. I think they'll do that again this week, but this Buffalo team can exploit that in a way Cleveland couldn't. So last week, Jarvis Landry had 20 yards on 10 targets. Tyron Matthew on six targets, he allowed negative five yards on four <laughs> catches with a pick. But the rest of the cornerbacks, 15 of 18, 153 yards and a touchdown. And that's that was against Cleveland. Now you're talking about a Buffalo team that you put Honey Badger on Beasley. Maybe you, you spy him on an Allen some, whatever you do. Let's say you take away one of those guys. You still have, you still have Brown. You still have obviously Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis coming on. I mean, this is a totally different beast. And, and I don't think Kansas city matches up well. And they've been a bottom five pass defense, which it surprised me because I, I like some of their players. I like what Jerry Sneed. I like Spagnola, but uh, they just haven't found it on defense either. They haven't played well situationally. And uh, this Buffalo team is rolling. And I wouldn't be at all surprised if Buffalo wins this game. Also, like the over here, but uh, just because of the way Kansas City is playing situationally uh, on both sides of the ball, I think there's even more value on, on Buffalo than on the total in this one. ton of good information there, Chris. And, and you really dug into it. And, and even more simplistic, I know the analytic folks will tell you running games don't matter, but when you have a lead, there's something to leaning on the run game and putting teams away. And the chiefs really don't have that right now. I mean, even last year they'd run the ball like six times in the first half, get a big lead and, you know, run it down your throat and finish the game out. Like they don't, they don't finish teams like they used to. And I also don't think that by no means am I worried about Mahomes, And I think he's going to play of course, but he hasn't played his quite his best football of late. And I think that toe issue is something to worry about. I mean, as mobile as he is, you know, the off-platform throws, toe issues scare me as a in terms of you know, quarterbacks. Absolutely, you know, it can it can be a hindrance. It could it could be nothing. Only could be he's nothing. going to know. Um, but it is it is something that I think you it does provide a little bit of added value. But but I think that's a great point. You know, it, it's it, Mahomes hasn't been at his best. You know, I think that offense really concentrating around targeting Hill and Kelsey is starting to catch up with them a little bit. You know, Hardman hasn't really been a consistent threat. Watkins, even when he's been healthy, hasn't been uh, really much of a factor. Demarcus Robinson's more of a replacement level system kind of guy, Um, dependable, but not really a a guy that's going to, you know, move the needle for them. So, Mm -hmm. you know, they're going to, Travis Kelsey is going to get 100 yards every game and Hill, but um, it's always tough. And, and and I think that's kind of speaks to some of their issues situationally because, you know, if, if you don't have the big plays there and you need to get a yard or two or, or, you know, on offense, they're not they're not able to get it right now. And then on defense, they're giving it up and they're giving it up in the red zone. But um, both of these games in weighted DVOA, which is DVOA adjust is EPA adjusted for strength of schedule weighted just means that you're weighting the more recent games more heavily and discounting some of the early season games. Buffalo number one in the national football league Mm -hmm. in weighted DVOA Kansas city, number six. And by the way, Tampa Bay, number three, green Bay, number four. So there's some value on these dogs here. Don't, don't sleep on these dogs. 
uh, in the in this uh, conference championship round. But uh, I think you'll see a lot of points. I think you'll see two competitive games uh, and some fascinating matchups. But uh, like both underdogs and both overs this week. Real quick, Chris, with the the value of Patrick Mahomes here, and now we do have information. He was practicing in full today, but earlier on in the week, coming off a concussion protocol, I didn't see what the line opened at. Is there? a chance that this line would look a lot different if he didn't go through that? And and was there a buying opportunity the other way earlier in the week if you if you had an inkling that he would be back, but he just it was a little bit more up in the air? Yes, yeah, so uh, the line opened at most books at Kansas City by two and a half. And uh, I have seen a lot of guys, even you know guys that I work with here, did, did uh, get some exposure to Kansas City at, at less than a field goal. If, if you think Kansas City... Uh, is going to win the game. You know, most NFL games are going to be decided by uh, a field goal or more. So uh, I understand it from that perspective. But again, this is one where, you know, I, I didn't want to take too much of a position um, on, on the, the spread. I took a little bit of the the under when it got up to like 55 and a half and then uh, hedged out of it when it got back down to 53. But um, just looking at this matchup now, I think – this line will grow because the Kansas city is a public team. You're getting, Oh, Mahomes is back. You may get a three and a half here. Uh, maybe, you know, I, I, I have some Buffalo at, at three. Um, you could still get it at, uh, at better than one ten juice at, at a lot of books. So, uh, but I do think there is a possible chance that it gets to three and a half. So this is not one you necessarily have to be uh, in a rush to bet. Um, you can kind of, if you have the action network app, you can look at the the bets and the money and kind of the line moves and, and see where that's going. But I would think that this may actually have a chance to get to three and a half. Chris, I got one more question for you before we let you go. Yep. I'm sure you can bet on the Super Bowl now because there's no, there's not many combinations that can happen. Obviously, like I'm sure there's a line if it's Chiefs Bucks or if it's Chiefs Packers or whatever. Is there value in doing that before even watching these games? I mean. The, the Bucks could win and lose Tom Brady and Devin White and Mike Evans and still win, and the line would be crazy, you know? Yeah, it, there, it is. You could, you, yeah, it, you could look at it. I ultimately don't think there's uh, a ton of value once you kind of factor in. There's still, you know, a bunch of combinations. You're talking about a pretty efficient market. Um, one way or the other, the quarterbacks are going to move the spread more than any other player. Like, for example, we have an article up where we show our – um, uh, our ratings for each quarterback. Mahomes about six and a half points to the to the spread. Uh, that's where most books will have him. That's where that's where I have him. So, um, but generally speaking, we're seeing the lines for the Super Bowl. Uh, Bucks Bills would be a pick. Uh, Chiefs Bucks would be a field goal in favor of the Chiefs. Packers mm-hmm. Bills would be Packers minus two, and then Chiefs Packers would be Chiefs. Uh, minus two. So I, I don't see a ton of value. You're, you're talking about, you know, twos and threes and picks. Everything's within a field goal, yeah, which is yeah. how it should be. So um, it's interesting to kind of look at and get a sense of and, you know, be ready to 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 bet once the, the games uh, are coming to a conclusion. But uh, I personally haven't uh, haven't dabbled. It sounds like Vegas thinks we're going to have three really good games to finish the year, though. Oh, yeah, I'm no excited. What, I mean, yeah. how good is this? Rodgers, Rodgers, Brady, and then uh, – Josh Allen, kind of the upstart, you know, throw the ball around the yard. Uh, probably, I mean, at this point, the closest thing to Patrick Mahomes in terms of, you know, having an arm, be, the, the, them being willing to just pass, go extremely pass, having having a bunch of weapons. So I, I'm really excited. Absolutely. I'm pumped for these. Uh, speaking of those props, and I'm actually uh, looking at the Super Bowl bets right now at betonline.ag. I think you can lock this one in for me early, Chris, across sport prop 
What would be higher Super Bowl Sunday? Accepted penalties in Super Bowl 55 or Liverpool versus Manchester City total corners? What do you got? Wow. Ooh, I think I would go Liverpool, Manchester City. They haven't been calling penalties this year. (laughs) Fans don't like the flags. There you go. That's why we bring Chris Raybon on the show. He's got that kind of knowledge. I can throw a soccer question at him or football to some of you still. And he doesn't skip a beat. Uh, That's fantastic stuff. I love it. You can find Chris on Twitter at Chris Raybon. All of his work at Action Network. Dot com, the sports betting podcast at Action Network. Fantastic stuff. Always a pleasure chatting with you, Chris. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure, fellas. Take care. And of course, Matt and I will be back tomorrow checking in on the latest around the league, previewing the AFC and NFC championship games and giving our opinions, making our picks who will make it to Super Bowl 55. Talk to you then right here. Peacock and Williamson.